Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. This is Chris. Um, that music will happen at some point. It just didn't happen in right now. I'm actually on a podcasting retreat, so getting a lot of episodes in uh, here in one chunk. Today we're going to continue in Luke. Uh, seems like the gift of the lectionary and the Anglican tradition is uh, showing itself to be uh, powerful right now. Just beautiful opportunities to see Jesus for who he is. And if you are listening to this around the time of its launch, um, I think this episode drops on the 29th of November. Uh, Advent is just right around the corner, uh, happening just uh, in a couple of short days. Another thing that's right around the corner is my 27th wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to just tell you how much I love my wife. Uh, Karen is a gift, and we have lived a lot of life together. Um, we're, we're more than halfway, uh, in terms of like, uh, we've spent more years married than not married. So we, we've been in this thing a long time and Karen, I just, um, love you so much. Super, super thankful to be your husband and, uh, rejoice on a day like today for all we've been through and for the fact that Jesus has continued to meet us as we live our lives together. Um, I'm going to read Luke eight, pray, and we're going to jump in here some, really awesome stuff about Jesus. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let's go across to the other side of the lake. So they put out and while they were sailing, he fell asleep. A windstorm swept down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in danger. They went to him and woke him up shouting, master, master, we are perishing. And he woke up, rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm. And he said to them, where's your faith? They were afraid and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? When they arrived at the county of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee, as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Oh, there's so much to say here. I'll say this before I keep reading. The enemy always drives us into isolation, into the wilds. Um, the Lord integrates us into relationship. Really important. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to order them back into the abyss. Now, there on the hillside, a large, crowd of, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission and then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herders saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. And then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them, how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. And then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. Oh, so weird. For they were seized with great fear. So he got in a boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us today to see in this powerful encounter or series of encounters who you are, what you are, how you are, who we are, what we are. God, I pray that we would see you and see us today in this beautiful text. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, there's so much texture here. Um, it's going to be hard for me to control myself. Um, I'm, I'm worried that I'm gonna, this one's going to go longer than it should. So I'm going to try to be really disciplined. So I'm going to say a few things. We're going we're gonna to look at the text and just try to pull out what we can in terms of understanding who God is. Um, so first, Jesus gets into the boat with his friends and he says, we're going across to the other side. And as I was writing this, I just felt like I needed to say this very directly. When Jesus looks at your life, he says to you, when you belong to him, we are going across to the other side. We are going to move. We are going to make it to the other side. And some of you just need to hear that from the Lord. Jesus doesn't say it'll be easy. He doesn't say it'll be stress-free. But he does say they will make it to the other side. And I think he's saying the same thing to all of us. You're going to get to the other side one way or the other. It may not be pretty. It may not even be what you thought or when you thought. You may not always act great. But he will get you there. Uh, whether that's on the other side of eternity or just growth in our own lives, Jesus is intent on being with his friends and moving them forward. But here's the weird thing. He says we're going to the other side, and then he gets into the boat and goes asleep. I don't know. I think this is the only time in the New Testament that it's noted that Jesus goes to sleep. Um, and when he sleeps, trouble comes. All hell breaks loose. And this is so interesting. There's so much texture here. God is close to his friends. Jesus is close to his friends, but he doesn't seem to be terribly involved. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I have. There have been times where I'm like, I know you are real, God. I know you are near, God, because the scriptures tell me, but I'm not feeling it right now. And I can only imagine that that's the way the disciples felt. Jesus is right there. They can look over at him, and yet they're sitting there bailing out the boat, rowing against the wind, freaking out. He's not absent, but he doesn't seem engaged. So what do they do? They wake him up. And, and the way that they wake him up, they actually ask for help in a less than perfect manner. And I just love this because while I'm going to focus and have been focusing way more on Jesus here than on people, the thing I want to say about us is when you cry out to God, you do not have to do so perfectly. Our crying out to God can be very raw. I mean, here they say, Master, don't you care that we're dying? I mean, that is not a perfect statement to make to Jesus. It's not a pristine prayer. It's raw. It's human. They're like, we're dying. So I just want to say to you that if you find yourself in a pinch, don't edit before you pray. Just pray. God can handle it. So what happens next? Jesus gets up and he speaks to the circumstances. And we've been saying this a lot lately on the podcast. Our circumstances are like weather. When we are rooted and grounded in the Lord, we are like a mountain because God is a mountain. And in this moment, Jesus speaks to the weather, the circumstances. He speaks to the thing that is terrifying in the moment and will be over in the next moment. And he rebukes the circumstances. I believe that for you and me, the invitation or an invitation in front of us is to see circumstances for what they are. It would have done the disciples no good to sit there in the boat naively pretending that there wasn't a negative circumstance. That's just, that's foolishness. They see it. And they're farmers. I mean, not farmers. They're fishers. They understand the waves. They understand the Sea of Galilee. So this is not their first rodeo. 
And they see danger for what it is. They acknowledge danger for what it is. And Jesus engages the circumstance. He has authority. Speaking of authority, the text continues almost breathlessly in this passage. This this section of Luke is amazing, actually. There's actually more after the passage that I uh, read you today that I'm not going to read because it's just too much, too long for a short podcast. But they get out of the boat and they run into a naked demoniac. So as soon as Jesus is rebuked circumstances, they get to the other side and they're met with trouble. So it's like trouble and then trouble and then trouble. And this guy is fitting right into the theme of what we've been seeing in Luke's gospel. He is less than free. He is perceived by the society around him as less than whole. The demoniac now joins Matthew, the unnamed woman. The paralytic is someone who is full of need. And we are meant to see a pattern here, y'all. Jesus is not afraid of need. It's us. We're afraid of need. We're afraid of need in us and in other people. We're afraid that we're going to be overcome and overwhelmed by need. Jesus doesn't act that way. That's not how he perceives our neediness. There's so much happening here. So the demon comes to Jesus and he asks a favor. He says, don't send us into the abyss. Send us into those pigs because they're apparently pigs. Now, the fact that there were pigs being farmed in Israel uh, among the Jews who consider pigs to be unclean, like there's a lot going on here. Jesus gives them permission, probably because he didn't approve the pig farming. (laughs) And the demons go into the pigs. The pigs run off a cliff and they drown. So the man's sorted. He's great. He's in his right mind, the text tells us. The next time we see him, he's clothed and he's sitting at Jesus' feet. I'll say more about that in a few minutes. But here, the guy is super happy. The pig farmer's not happy. So... This now is a moment where Jesus says, and the text is really important. The the text says he's wearing clothes in his right mind, sitting at Jesus' feet. Sitting at Jesus' feet is Jewish shorthand for being taught. Jesus is now taking a man who was formerly dangerous, cut off, less than human, less than whole, not integrated, and now he is instructing him, teaching him, discipling him. Whenever you see sitting at the feet of connected to Jesus, Jesus is a rabbi in the Jewish culture. To sit at the feet is shorthand for to be instructed. It's where when Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, she was being taught, being instructed. Now the man is being discipled. So remember this guy. He has a reputation, just like the woman uh, who anointed Jesus' feet, just like Matthew, just like the paralyzed man. They all had a reputation. People felt they had them figured out. Chances are... There are people in your life who think they've got you figured out. Um, And maybe that's because you've been predictably bad in certain ways. (laughs) You're in such good company. I mean, one of the things that I think we're meant to see over and over and over again, and we miss this when we don't read the Bible this way, is that Jesus is looking to give these people their lives back. He's not just wanting this guy to not be naked anymore. He wasn't just wanting to give the paralytic his legs back. He wasn't just wanting to assuage a guilty conscience in Matthew. He was actually wanting to take away the hurt and then give them back their life. He was looking to restore that which was broken and lost. You and me, we are meant to see a pattern. As Jesus looks at your life, He invites you to see your circumstances and to see your sin and brokenness and to name them. 
so that he can move toward you, give you your life back. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what the gospels are trying to tell us over and over and over again. Jesus moves close to people who are broken in order to restore. So where do you need some restoration? Where do you feel less than free? Where do you feel like things are not going like you want or like you'd hoped? God wants to meet you right there. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you when we see you.